Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Harry Garside, welcome to the In My Spike podcast. It's a pleasure to have you, mate. How you doing? You, nah, thanks for having me on, man. I'm doing, I'm uh, doing good. I'm up in Sydney at the moment. It's, uh, it's going really smooth. Seeing my girlfriend who lives up in Bondi, so it's, uh, it's fucking spot on up here. <laughs> I've seen that. What's going on there? I've seen the beach workouts. Yeah. It's, it's all happening on your side. Man, it's all happening. I know. I actually met this girl. So I saw her twice before before I went away for three months prior to the Olympics. So like we spoke for ninety five days without seeing each other via FaceTime, and um, you mean it was still like early. We saw each other twice, so we like we didn't know if it was a sure thing or not. But like we both committed to it. And then I was like, I have to come up in Sydney and just see her. You know what I mean? Because I'm originally from Melbourne and being up here, mate, and and not not turning back, not looking back. She she could be <laughs> she could be the one. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> no one knows. We'll find out. <laughs> yeah. And, and how's um how's the training set up? Obviously, in Sydney now. You're originally based in Melbourne. Yeah, it's it's going okay, mate. So the gym's open back up completely next week, I believe. Um, so I'm pretty keen for like the gyms to open back up. Currently injured at the moment, so I can't do heaps of boxing. Um, but we'll just be like lifting, lifting weights and, and doing I love my running, mate, same as you. So I'll be doing um heaps of running. I wanna break I've got some personal records I wanna break by Christmas and um, I'm a long way off them, so <laughs> better get my ass into gear. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been seeing your running on Instagram, and and I think we can work something out there. Yeah, bro, I need a running project. <laughs> yeah, are you what are you doing training at the moment or not? Um, I'm just like you, just in quarantine, and I got myself a bike and just doing a bit of bike sessions and a bit of weights, basically just to keep insane in here. Yeah, nothing nothing more than that. And once I get out see the family and then i'll get back into training yeah yeah so i'll be sick um what i want to speak to you about obviously it's a lot um the olympics and um just outside of track as well there's so much that i want to speak to you about mental health resilience you speak so much about it but first of all congratulations on the olympics um making history getting that bronze medal it was awesome watching you what's your reflection up on that uh it's been like i actually said this on a podcast recently but it's like to be honest once I lost that fight against Andy Cruz in the semifinal, um, I've honestly just felt a little bit numb, to be honest. Like, and I often do that. I'm not going to lie. I often run away from a lot of a lot of the stuff that goes on in my head. It's very active. You know, I mean, so I often just try and like distract myself until I'm able to focus on it. So, I'm not going to lie. I haven't really sat back and really reflected and thought about it. Um, to be honest, I was a bit disappointed in myself. Like, we go, we train for the best. You know what I mean? And of course, I'm I'm still happy and proud of the bronze, but um, we went there for the gold, and I got unfinished business. So, um, 2024, mate. Let's hope we can change the result. Yeah, and I loved I loved your interview after that after that fight because you didn't take anything away from the fighter, and you're so humble in that interview as well. And you said he was just a better fighter. So, um, I guess my first question is, how are you gonna become a better fighter? 
Yeah, 100%, man. And props to Andy Cruz Gomez. He's an absolute superstar. Um, like I, was just, I was just honored to share the ring. Like, I don't know who the best runner in your race in your race is, but like, like he is pound for pound one of the best. And I've always wanted to fight him, and I finally had the opportunity to fight him. So um, he was just too good. But I think there were some things in that fight, like looking back, that were working. There was obviously a lot that wasn't working, but um, there was definitely a few things that were working, like being a little bit tricky, making him lead off. And um, I think the biggest thing, though, it's that, of course, we can improve our technique and, and, and become a better boxer, but I think the belief. I lost that fight before I even got in the ring. So, um, And that's something that I'm pretty disappointed with. Um, I, I work a lot on visualization and self-belief and self-confidence, but I think it was generally like David versus Goliath in that fight. And, and I honestly went in there thinking that. So it was almost like I beat myself before I even got in there. And over the next three years, that's something that I'm going to try and work on just to prove hey, I am on his level. I, you mean, I, you mean, that's the belief you've got to have. I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same. It's the same thing with me. And um, even coming forth at the Olympics and I was just like, you know, there was no excuses. I knew those guys were better that time. So the only solution is kind of to work on it. But I guess that takes me to the next question, which is the resilience part. Um, as you said before, sometimes I used to uh, lose races and just not rock up the training for like <laughs> ages uh, or lose major championships and I wouldn't rock up the training for like a month. Uh, how do you work through that resilience? Yeah. And being able to bounce back so quick. Yeah, I think I don't know everyone handles defeat and loss differently. So I failed so much growing up, man, like heaps. And I think like early on, like I never won. So like if I lost, even if I won, to be honest, but if I lost, <laughs> I'll be back in the gym the next day. And like my my coach would be saying, even after a win, you'd be like, Man, take the day off. I'm like, nah. <laughs> I'm not happy with that performance. And I and I was doing that when I was twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. So um yeah, that's just something that I love what I do and, and, I, and I love training. And, and regardless of, of success or, or competition, I honestly just do it because I love being in the gym. I love being in that environment. Um, so, like, I love training and I love working out and, and pushing myself in that sense. So, building, getting through resilience, to be honest, it actually is kind of easy. And there's, like, this element of, like, I don't know if it's the same view, but, like, boxing is my identity. You know what I mean? So people like often just talk to you about boxing. So if you're not doing boxing, and almost there's an almost like an element of like, I personally may feel like I don't have much depth then. When I know I do, but like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like that's my identity. So I often just do it because that's all I know, to be honest. Yeah. And just before this podcast, you're saying, um, you know, you're doing so much training because you need it. Otherwise, you kind of go insane. And I've been feeling that in here, like the first five days, I was like, man, I'm on break. I don't really need to do any training. And then you just kind of get really lazy. And then as soon as you start doing that training, you get confidence, you start growing. And is that kind of similar for you? 100%, man. I think any high performance athlete, but like even ordinary people, man, they're like they like physical exercise is just something that we have to, it's like almost like a non-negotiable. And I do understand there is people out there who do if they did exercise on a regular basis, they would be in such a better headspace. They'll be a lot clearer. Uh, don't like it or don't enjoy it or don't feel the positive benefits from it. But like, I do believe 85, if not higher, of the percent of the pop, um, they'll be able to make better decisions. Um, they'll have a bit more self confidence, self love, um, a bit more compassion towards themselves. And I don't know I just I, I just love pushing myself in that in that world. And I often notice I'm 
um, disorientated and disorganized or very disorganized when I'm not training. So I hate not training. <laughs> yeah, and that's a really good point, especially um, the mental well-being. It's physical activity helps a lot, and especially during the lockdowns. So many people have been going through it, as we see in Melbourne and Sydney at the moment. Um, what other advice, I guess, can you give to the rest of the people to improve mental well-being? Yeah, I think I know I went through the Melbourne lockdown last year. So obviously I'm in Sydney at the moment and, and Sydney is going through a I'm not going to lie, Bondi is very relaxed compared to <laughs> Melbourne. Melbourne, I've seen. <laughs> Melbourne last year. I honestly couldn't believe it. I rocked up. I'm like, what? No one cares about COVID here. <laughs> um, but yeah, Melbourne last year was pretty heavy, man. not going to lie. And what I worked out like for me was just finding out the things that I could control that make me happy. So like last year, every day I could go outside and see my dog. So I would go outside and and spend 30 minutes just sitting on my step with my dog and just looking out at the world. I'd be patting my dog, makes me happy. Obviously last year we could do an hour of exercise. So going out in nature, always running. I live in a beautiful um, place in, in Victoria. It's like kind of country. So just getting out in nature, either going for a walk, going for a run, um, always just love getting fresh air in the lungs and stuff like that. And these are things that I could do last year that were in my control. You know what I mean? Like obviously it feels like you're losing a bit of control with, with the lockdowns, I think, and a lot of people feel like they're losing a bit of control. But like just like finding the things that make you happy that you can do at home and do them. Set aside time every single day and make sure you do them because you need to take care of yourself in a time like this, I think. Yeah. And I see that you obviously create really good habits and um, I credit much of my success to my support team, the habits that I've created. And I see that you've got seven national championships, um, which is takes a lot of consistency, both in training and outside of training. Um, just share a little bit of those habits that you share. Yeah, I think it's just like for me, as I mentioned before, there's that form of that identity. So for me, it's just like I love what I do. I've formed such a habit that if I'm home on a Monday to Friday at 5.30 watching Deal or No Deal on TV, I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, I go insane because training for me is always 4.30 till 6.30, 7 o'clock. Monday to Friday, yeah. and I'm like, if I like say if training like public holidays, I'm like, I'm like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> um, so I think it's just like consistency, persistency, and eventually it just becomes habit and the norm. So it's like it's just like most people's body clock, let's say. So most people's body clock may wake them up at seven a.m. or just before, give or take ten minutes. Right? It's like. Yeah. It's like the more you do something, the more it just becomes a habit. You know what I mean? And the, mm-hmm. and you've got to obviously find that thing, that exercise that, that you enjoy. But for me, like I've just formed such a habit, done it for so long that if I'm not doing it, I hate it. But also meditation, um, like writing my journal, grateful, stuff like that, things I'm grateful for, things I'm looking forward to the next day. Um, also like love and thrive off social connection, which is a little bit hard for people at the moment due to lockdowns. But um, when everything's back to normal, I think getting out and seeing your friends and really telling like I had a discussion with my best mate who's up in Sydney with me and told him I loved him. You know what I mean? Because I like I think as males it's a little bit different and, and me and my family, the way it was role model to me, like we don't really tell each other we love it, love each other, which is which is weird. Like the people we love the most we don't tell. And I just mm-hmm. remember I had a few beers and I was just I was just thinking Man, I've never told. I've been best mate. I've been best mate since we five. I'm like, I've never told you I love you. I'm like, I love you, man. <laughs> and he's like, he was looking at me. He's like, what the fuck? 
um, but yeah, like just like social connections, stuff like that. Um, really getting around the people that make you feel good and the people you love and adore, don't you reckon? Yeah, 100%. And, um, and I love that because your habits are so much outside of the boxing ring because, I mean, what happens if you do get injured and you got all these habits and you can't do it anymore? So then you can kind of take your focus outside of the ring. Which yeah, is, I think perfect. A, a massive thing as well, like for me before the lockdown last year or just it was about March last year, I just remember thinking all my social media, not all of it, but like a lot of it was just negative. Like the media, I was just following a lot of pages that were just like, what is going on? Like it was just negative, negative, <laughs> negative. And I just remember in March 2020, I just went through and just unfollowed heaps of them, just got rid of heaps of them, um, unfollowed all the news outlets, all the people that people or things that make me unhappy or make me feel a little bit more negative and started following. And the more you interact with positive accounts on your social media, the more that you're just going to see positive accounts. So things that lift you up and being really conscious about what you're putting and absorbing in your brain, I think. And that's something that I absolutely like admire about myself. Like I don't see any negative stuff. That's why I think I'm always just positive. Yeah, you consume positive stuff. And what type of, I guess, what accounts do you follow that, uh, that are pretty trying, positive? So there's like a lot about, my girlfriend sends me a lot about relationships, Estelle Perel, Gabor Mate, um, Dia Khan, who's an uh, unbelievable lady. Um, there's heaps of like, if you look up uh, like millennial um, like mindset and stuff like that, there's heaps of stuff about mindset. You can even just look them up. Um, if anyone who listens to this message me on Instagram and I'll send them to you. Um, yeah. You might have to send them to me. <laughs> there's, heaps of, there's heaps of things on there. Even like if you don't like mindset, if you're not all about that positive, just like most people like dogs or just look at dogs. <laughs> dog accounts, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man, 100%. And then I guess another one is um, your support team. Um I credit so much of my success to my support team, not just, you know, not just the high performance, but also to keep me sane. And when I'm going through things, I can kind of reach out to them. And I kind of figured out a, a way to create a good support team everywhere I go because my sport, I'm in Melbourne six months of the year, in Europe four months of the year, and then I'm in Perth, whatever. So it's really important for me to kind of set that support team. Uh, I guess who's in your support team? Like you obviously have your coach. Do you use a sports psychologist, nutritionist or... What does it look like for a boxer? Yeah, absolutely, man. I love that. I love that they are, we have a very similar mindset and I love that. Um, <laughs> for sure, like it's that's the thing. That often the people who, who do almost just as much, if not more work than you, don't get the credit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like what we do is easy, man. I honestly think about it. Like I literally just, when I'm in camp, I wake up and I just go to training. As long as I'm putting my, my foot to the floor and trying my hardest, everyone else is doing everything for me almost. It feels like that. So – um, I'm grateful I've got uh, S&C coach, Amy Crook. I've got obviously my boxing coaches, Brian Levia, Kevin Smith. Um, then obviously got my family, my mum and dad. My mum is like my absolute rock, always calling me. That's your, hey, I know that bell. <laughs> <laughs> I know that bell. That's your meal. <laughs> that is my meal. <laughs> um, yeah, my mum, my mum is, that's always traumatising that bell to be honest. <laughs> um yeah my mom she's an absolute superstar man like um yeah always been like like my number one supporter and always supported me and backed me my dad as well is is super super powerful man and um obviously all my friends and family um i'm very grateful that i've got like the amount of people and even people in the boxing world i think having people who are in your sport who kind of understand what you're going through a lot of my friends that i grew up with man or even family sometimes don't fully understand 
I don't expect them to understand. I don't understand their world. So, um, yeah, I think having people in the boxing world, Jason Whateley, who's one of my best mates, um, heaps of uh, Caitlin Parker and stuff like that. These are people who are really close to me, Justice Winnie. So people who are on this similar journey, um, obviously facing their own things, but you can bounce things off, you can share things with them, talk to them, ask them how they're going. Uh, I think it's really important to have people like that uh, in your team as well. Yeah, and do you use a sports psychologist? Actually, don't, man. Nah, I don't. So I do a lot of uh, Ben Crow. I don't know if you've ever heard of Ben Crow. He's Ash Barty's. Um, yeah. Like, yeah, he's an absolute superstar. So I have like have contact with him. I'm, I've got his app, which is powerful. I listen to a lot of podcasts. So a lot of my mindset, to be honest, is like, you know, seminars that they do at like the Australian Institute of Sport or WAIS or stuff like that where past Olympic medalists or past athletes come in and talk and I I love that stuff. Honestly, going there, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just like writing notes. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of my own uh, stuff and, and I'm, I'm working that out, navigating that myself and um, I'm definitely not perfect, mate. I fuck up heaps for sure. That's what's up. I like that. And I guess another question um, for me would have to be the training because, I mean, as a track athlete, we train about – I mean, six times a week, but everyone thinks it's just running. But really, I do two gym sessions a week, one Pilates sessions a week. Um, I do like two or three easy runs a week and then one session. What does your training kind of look like in a week? Yeah, ours is, ours is pretty hectic, man. For for uh, like a competition that goes for nine minutes, we, we train three times a day. Um, so we'll wake up in the morning, um, do a cardio session, mostly running, rower, bike, swimming. Um, yep. and then at 11 o'clock we do strength and conditioning whether it be lifting heavy depending on how far we are out from comp um, or doing like a circuit um, and then always at 4, 4.30 um, boxing so that would involve pad sparring um, technique and stuff like that so it's pretty busy that's Monday to Friday and then on Saturday we'll be doing either sparring like specific sparring um, or a strength and conditioning session and then Sunday's off. So it's fairly, fairly heavy, man. But like, I think for me, the biggest thing that I've learned is just like making sure my sleep, I'm getting nine, eight and a half, nine hours of sleep a night when I'm in those training blocks. Um, going to, I go to bed at like nine o'clock, man. Um, and then drinking heaps of water. So like topping up five liters, especially when you're training three times a day, if not more. Um, and then uh, as well, eating the right food for my body. So, um, yeah, there are three things I just always try and focus on to make sure that I'm ready for each session. Yeah. Do you find then sometimes it's, it's hard to balance that between, I guess, that family, social life, now girlfriend? Yeah. So I'm the type of person, I have like one headlight, like to be honest. And, and it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Um, and I think my family have, have got got used to it, but like there'll be times that I'll just be like, I honestly, anything, all my problems or family, I'm just focusing on this goal and, and you guys can either be there at the end or like that's not, and it's like, I know they're always going to be there because my family, but yeah. it's kind of, for me, I feel like that's a mindset that, that we need to have in, in boxing and in our sport because we're competing with people who come from humble beginnings we're competing with people. A lot of the successful nations come from Cuba, um, all these third world countries, and they're fighting for different reasons. They're fighting. <laughs> yeah. They're fighting for a better life. They're fighting for food. They're fighting for food for their family. What am I fighting for? I'm, I'm fighting because I like the sport. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's completely different. So we need to make sure. For I think 
that our obsession and our focus is just 100% on the job and uh, I don't have many distractions in that time for sure, if any. Yeah, which is then leads right to the next question. It's this idea of um, achieving excellence can get a bit lonely because, I mean, you just have to, you know, just give so much time to it, um, which is tough at the same time because, you know, sometimes I'll be similar to you. I'd be in Europe and like, man, I want to be home, but I understand it's necessary to be here at this time and I just need to be here mm. to perform at my best. Um, but I guess some of the ways, you know, I dealt with it over time was one was experience. I had to kind of get used to it. The first few years, man, I just like everyone be like seeing and it's like, man, this guy loving life in Europe and stuff. It's like, well, it's not really like that. Um, but the now is like a lot more different. That experience is so much important part of the game. Right. Mm. Um, so one, do you believe like, I guess, um, achieving excellence does require, you know, for you to be lonely at a lot of times? Yeah, for sure. There's this awesome book. Uh, if you haven't read it, Relentless by Tim Grover. He was Michael Jordan. Yeah, Jordan, I read that book. Hectic. <laughs> yeah. Anyone who listens to this and you're an athlete, please listen to that book. Because prior to reading that book, I often felt a lot of my mindset traits were bad. Like I kind of got shamed by my family sometimes or or by friends, you know what I mean? Like they're like, oh, mate, honestly, have a beer or like, come on, like one beer won't hurt or like that mindset. And it's just like, ah, Will, like if I break my mindset, then if I break it now, I'm going to break it in the ring. That's my mindset. So once I listened to that book, Relentless by Tim Grover, like it made me feel like a lot of my mindset traits weren't that bad (laughs) and I wasn't the only one. Like, (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, and I was like, it's lonely, man. It is. And a lot of people see maybe us traveling the world or sometimes success or but like they don't see the the nights that we're by ourselves and and all you guys the, the weekends that we're staying in the mornings we're waking up early like they don't see that shit and and I, I love my life and I love what I do but like it gets it gets lonely at a hundred percent and and I've sacrificed and made choices um, and I've cut people out of my life that I love and adore in search of this dream and and it, yeah as as I mentioned mate I think I'm becoming a lot better at like not just doing it myself i'm coming a lot better at like bringing my family my friends and um and 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 say partners with me i used to just be like nah like piss off don't this is mine but like now i'm a lot i'm a lot more mature like there was this book i read and it was this i can't remember the exact quote but it was like it's like instead of holding on to your dream like it's your it's your dream bring all your family and friends with you because you could inspire them to do something special with their life you know what I mean? So it's like by bringing my family, my friends and my my partners and bringing them all with me, you know what I mean? It could hopefully inspire them to make a different decision in their life or to look at things differently potentially. So um, that's the mindset that I have now and I'm so happy to have that mindset. Yeah, I love that. And um, usually when I go back when I go back to Perth and sometimes the only time I can spend with the boys, I say, mate, just rock up to training. And, and some of them started getting pretty fit and they actually started enjoying it. So so I'm all for that. For sure. <laughs> I think as well, like I've just learned to realize like um, like, like I've got people in my life now that are like they support what I'm doing. You know what I mean? They're, they're lifting me up and my partner, she understands it. She doesn't, she doesn't need me to be messaging her all the time or to constantly be like, you know what I mean? So I'm grateful for that. Like she understands that this is the focus that I have to have when I'm in camp. And, and I've just got people like that around me. My family understand if I lose, like don't message me for a couple of days. I'll be, I'll be fine. But like, just, just give me a bit of, give me a bit of space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're so much alike, mate. And, um, 
one of the things you speak, uh, I listened to Dylan Friends and amazing podcast you were on. And I think you spoke about family and you spoke about, about your brothers. And I was like, man, we're so similar. Because growing up, I used to have friends going through a lot and my brother's going through a lot. And I could never, I could never kind of take that away off the track. So it impacted me running quite a lot because I was like, man, I want to be there for my family, be there with my brothers. And but like, what do you do? And the only, and the only solution was um, that I had to just go and be myself and be better myself so I can come back and kind of help them, which is, you spoke a bit about that too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. how did you deal with all of that? I mean, you're following this dream and then you have some family members that might be going through it. It's like, man, do I, am I selfish for just kind of following my own dream and not being there with them? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a tough battle, man. And I can hear it in your voice. Like we are the exact same when we think about it. Like it breaks my heart, man. Family, family. Obviously, my brother's going through mental health issues, drug addiction, in and out of prison, and um, he's really struggling, man. But then there's also in my area. I grew up in like a bit of a smaller town on the outskirts of the Melbourne suburbs, and um, yeah, like friends that I grew up with, like they're they've going through the exact same thing as well. You know what I mean? Like drug addiction or mental health issues and stuff like that, and. It sucks because you love, you adore, and you care for them. And more so as well, like my brother specifically, seeing what he's doing to my mum, he can't help it. But like, and of course my dad, but seeing what he's doing to my parents, like it breaks my heart, man, honestly. And it's like if I could if I could honestly have a wish, it would be nothing related to boxing. It would be to for my for my brother to be like happy and and to be you know I mean safe and to be in a good position again you know what I mean and um yeah it's like the element of like as I mentioned before I run away from a lot of my problems and he's definitely one of my problems it's something that I yeah. can't control like there is not like what I've realized it's like the things that you can't control and if you try and control them that's where you get worked up and that's where you start getting unhappy you know so I realized that I'm like I can't control what he does. I can just try my hardest to live a good life and, and hopefully maybe he might look at that and go, hey, my, if my brother can do it, I can do it. We come from the same same cloth and, um, yeah, always try my best, always messaging me out of the blue and say, hey, I love you. Um, but don't get much replies, but um, I know he will look at that and, and, and as long as he knows that I'm always there, then that's all I think I can do. Yeah, that's, that's awesome advice and it's the, way, the same way I kind of dealt with it is try to control what you can control and, and be there when you can and it's the most you can really do. Mm-hmm. Uh, another idea we can't discuss here is this idea of intent. You know, when you rock up to training uh, or with anything for that matter, um, you can rock up and just do training for the sake of it. And then there's when you do it with intent, you get so much more out of it. I guess do you apply that, implement that in your training? Like when you rock up to training, uh, is it I know what I'm doing, I know what's for, and I know what I'm getting out of this or just – you just rock up. Nah, definitely. Yeah, definitely don't just rock up. I think for me, especially when I'm deep in a training block, so obviously there's technical things that I'll focus on each week. So I'll set myself on a Sunday, I'll set myself an intention for that week about technique, what I'm focusing on, making sure each session, especially boxing, I'm going through that and just like really honing in on that technique. But then also mindset, like understanding why I'm doing what I'm doing. Why am I doing what I'm doing? For me, there's like a fulfilling a childhood dream, proving to people who thought I couldn't do shit growing up, teachers, family members, um, you know, and some people who have said some stuff to me growing up that I can do what I've set out to do and proving myself right. 
um, you mean, and, and also as well, like making my mum and my dad proud. Um, you mean, I often felt like they copped a bit of stick growing up from from a lot of people and stuff like that. And and it makes me so happy when mum calls me and she goes, "I was just down at the local shops, um, and this so and so was asking me how you been going." And I'm like, that makes me so fucking happy. It makes me so proud because I know how proud they would be in that moment. And um, especially with what my brother's going through. So there's numerous things as to why I do it. I write these down in a mirror and I always live in different hotel rooms and stuff like that. I take them with me. I write them down yeah. in mirrors and stuff like that. Like I am enough. I am worthy of love. I'm strong. I'm powerful. I'm enough. You know, like all these positive things and my goals, things people have said to me and stuff like that. And I really think looking at that, it really does help me for sure. Yeah. I love, I love how you write it down because uh, one of the things, the habits I got into pretty early was writing my goals down because I figured if you have a goal, you're kind of pretty excited about it and you can be excited about it for a week, two weeks, three weeks. But if you don't have it written down, you kind of forget within a month and then kind of disappears. And I read that you had, you know, photos of Ian Thorpe um, I was, and you had all these photos of your idols up as well, and which is really important. And then I guess another question was obviously the Olympics was a big year and you know, it's during COVID, there's a lot of restrictions. Uh, my experience was a little bit different maybe, but I want to know about your experience because I felt like the Australian team, due to COVID, I don't know if it's due to COVID or everyone was just so close together because, mm. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't do much. I remember everyone was sitting there watching your fight. Like, I mean, we're just all sitting down. <laughs> and I don't know, if it wasn't for COVID, everyone would be interacting with other athletes or what. And I felt like there was really close culture and everyone was just kind of supportive of everyone's, events but at the same time focusing there and and like that's how everyone kind of get to know each other as well yeah absolutely. Um, how was your experience on that i absolutely loved it man i actually said the exact same thing i think because we couldn't socialize with other teams like that much or we couldn't um go to other sports like it really made the australian headquarters like a really special environment <laughs> like yeah. that night when the boomers won their bronze medal like them coming back in and I just remember cheering like <laughs> I was up and about like can't dance with shit, but I was moving hard that night. <laughs> um like watching Jess Fox win that um you know win that gold medal. There were so many moments I was like, man, this is special. So um very grateful to be part of it. Obviously never been to an Olympics before so I have no idea what it would have been like. Um I went to the Com Games but I was kind of locked in my room at the Com Games. Um, yeah. Like I, I'm just the type of person I focus on what I'm doing, and while I'm in comp, like I don't, I didn't go to the opening ceremony at the Commonwealth Games. I just focused on what I was doing, and um, my first fight was on the first day, and then my last fight was on the second last day of the Commonwealth Games. So like, <laughs> I didn't do much at all. I just like locked myself in my room, went to the so store. I guess, <laughs> I guess it, would, it would have been really the same whether the Olympics was normal or not. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I just locked myself in my room, like oh, this is boring. <laughs> <laughs> And um, how how about the coffee? Do you drink coffee? How hard, good was man. the coffee machine? How hard. good was the coffee machine? I was going so hard. I was like <laughs> doing like double shot espresso <laughs> because I couldn't um I couldn't eat obviously because of boxing's a making weight sport and that's a diuretic. I was just going. I was just going to the coffee shop. The boys load me up. <laughs> <laughs> no, those boys are definitely the highlight of the team. Having a whole barista. <laughs> yeah. Mate, the backbone. They were the backbone <laughs> to the Australian team. <laughs> um, I guess that. Did you 
Did you get to celebrate a little bit? Did you go to the closing ceremony? Were you there at the end? Yeah, so I was lucky my well, not lucky. My last fight was on the second last day. And I um obviously had two nights in to to relax, watch the boomers play, it was nice and relaxed. Um, watch uh, Nicola Mc, McDermott. Oh man, what a superstar she is. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, moments. So I actually got to relax and have, have like a normal Olympic experience the last couple of days and went to the closing ceremony, which was pretty cool. So did you go? Uh, no, I was already in Europe by then. No shit. You yeah, <laughs> you should have um, should have been at the Boomers game with me. I went to the Boomers game, but I think you still had – you still had some fights to go. Yeah, so I, had, so I had the medal ceremony the next day as well, and I remember having a few beers that night. Um, yeah, I was pretty blind, and I remember waking up the next day. Like, Holy <laughs> shit! <laughs> <laughs> Hadn't drank in like six months, and I was like, "Wow, <laughs> this is why I don't drink." <laughs> I guess that um, after that, after a big championship like that, how do you come down from it? You've got to, you've got to kind of celebrate, and you've got to. You gotta just kind of switch off, right? Mm. Yeah. So I've just been, as as I mentioned, I'm up, up in Sydney at the moment. Had a had a good couple of weeks back home in Melbourne. It was in a severe lockdown, so I couldn't do heaps. But um, saw a couple of people and stuff like that. <laughs> being up in Sydney with my with my partner, which is which is unreal, and my best mate drove up here from Melbourne, so it's good to have him up here as well. Um, so it's just me, him, and, and my partner. So. I'm I'm loving it, man. I'm relaxing, doing a lot of training. Just sort of like trying to take care of myself at the moment because naturally coming off, you train or oh, I've trained for 15 years for this for this one moment. And it's just, <laughs> yeah. just done. Like just, just like that. Like it's over. <laughs> it's yeah. weird, man. I'm like I'm not putting all the time and effort into that. <laughs> just finished. Um but yeah, like I'm just sort of trying to take care of myself and um, it's pretty annoying having a hand injury. Like I would love to go surfing. The surf here is really good. Um, but I've got another couple of weeks in this before I can go surfing. But it's going well, man. I'm just enjoying the time with my partner. Um, it's going really well and it seems very promising, which is good. I guess then what's what's next? You turn pro or there's a fight coming up or what's what's next for you? Yeah, that's 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 what I'm not sure about. So there is a potential to turn pro. We have the ability now to turn pro and still go to the Commonwealth Games and Olympics. Um, not too sure about the Commonwealth Games next year. Um, already like like done that and was on home soil. I don't really want to play around with that experience. Like the experience of that was unreal on the gold medal on home soil. Fantastic. Like don't have unfinished business there. I feel like for the Olympics, I still have unfinished business. So I'm definitely sort of still honing in on 2024, but I think now turning pro would be the next best move. Haven't signed anything yet, but um, yeah, definitely looking towards doing that for sure. Yeah, and I guess my bad. Um, I forgot about the Com Games. That was massive. It was the home, mm. home, home crowd as well, winning that. I guess how was that experience, you know, getting that gold medal right at home? That'd be unreal in Commonwealth Games. They did so well. I was injured during the Commonwealth Games, so I was just watching it from the TV and just like, man, it's like some of the best games. Yeah. And I said, if the if the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games ever come to Australia, because Australia is a sports culture, you know, everyone can't get around it. And it was in Queensland. It's just sick to see. Um, I, I guess how was your experience on the boxing? Obviously, you won. Um, how was that winning in front of home? Yeah, it's unreal. First of all, did you see that um, Perth uh, potentially pushing for 2028, uh, 2026 Commonwealth Games? Did you see that? I, I did not see that. Yeah, I don't know. It was uh, like a fake news article. You know, <laughs> you want to go around. I'm like, damn. 
um, if that's the case, man, that's hectic. Like doing it on home soil was unbelievable. Friends, family um, were there, and it was like I was twenty at the time, so it was so special to like run to my mates. I remember there's a photo. I'll send it to you after this. Is a piss up. I thought I would run to the boys straight after winning and the, the boys like, yeah, they're like pouring beer all over my head. I'm like, fuck that. We're on national, we're on national TV. <laughs> um, but yeah, like doing that, that whole experience, obviously being so young, like you're so young and naive and then to, to achieve something like that, for me, that was the moment that I like really believed I could do something in the Olympics. Like Commonwealth Games, there's some really good countries in in boxing in the Commonwealth Games. So to 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 win a gold medal there, I was like, okay, like maybe I am, maybe I could do this. And then I started honing in more on, on my mindset and my capabilities, and um, trained really hard over the next three years leading up until the Tokyo Olympics for sure. Dope. And then one of my final questions, I guess, it's it's the balance aspect of things because you're a plumber by trade and obviously training. Uh, most people think you got to kind of do one thing, whether it's you're studying, but I think you can kind of balance everything together. And I mean, how do you balance everything yeah. so well? I think it's like the mindset for me has always just been like prioritization, realizing what is the most important thing. So like boxing for me has always been at the top of the list. And it's like the mindset for me, just realizing that boxing, we get no money, amateur boxing, we get no money. So like my mindset has always just been, if it works for boxing, it works for me. And I was just trying to look for a job that had the gave me the flexibility, um, gave me the time that I could really focus, having still being the number one priority boxing, really focus on on, on my boxing. And um, I, luckily, I found a job plumbing. Um, so I now work for my brother when I'm back in Melbourne, who's a plumber. I do three days a week with him. Um, he gives me time off to go do my strength conditioning midday, um, which is the best. But I also go back straight back to work and, and help him out and stuff like that. So... Just really finding the things that like there is jobs out there. It, whatever your passion is or whatever your goal is, just like really honing out that is it. If you don't get paid doing it, then find a job that caters for you to do that, whatever it, yeah. whatever it may be. And like that's the thing. I have the mindset. I would honestly pack boxes. I would I would clean toilets. I would I would do anything to ensure I could still box. Simple as that. And and I think it's gotta humble yourself. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, mm. oh man, I would, I don't care. I'd make money. However I make money, I'll make money. <laughs> <laughs> I need to start an OnlyFans or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I guess, man, thank you so much for your time. Uh, this was an awesome chat. I had so much fun and and I guess the next thing is we gotta train together, man. Oh I can't I can't wait. Can't wait to do that. A bit of boxing, a bit of running, mix it up. 100%. We should do it all at once, boxing and running at once. It'd be sick. Let's go. No, 100%, man. I can't wait. And as I said, we're both Melbourne-based, so I'm pretty keen to uh, we'll get stuck into some training for sure. But thanks, James, for having me on, man. No, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. And enjoy the rest of your day. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.